Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about what is title insurance? Oh. <laughs> We've all wondered that. We have. And <laughs> the further you get into your career, the, the more you wonder, do I really need this title insurance? <laughs> the more you read the exceptions, you wonder, <laughs> what is, just what is title so, insurance? We'll cover all that. <laughs> and we promise to make this not boring. All right. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on landinvestors.com online community. It's free. Jeremy wrote, I'm working on gathering data and deciding where to send my first mailer. My plan is to mail three counties with 500 to 600 mailers per county for a total of 15 to 1,800 mailers going out. So far, so good. Right. However, I have a few questions that hopefully someone can help me with. A couple of counties I'm looking at have a large difference in population density from one part of the county to another part of the county. I thought about sorting by zip code, but the undeveloped land doesn't have a zip code or address assigned. How do I only send mail to the less densely populated portion of the county? How are you pricing counties that do not have a lot of data? I'm looking at several counties where the total number of properties in the county is less than 10,000. I know these counties fairly well, and I know who my end user is likely to be, hunters and timber investors, but with anywhere from 50 to 100 total listings, on land and farm, I'm only seeing five to 10 properties on land watch and similar websites in the Anchorage range I'm looking at sending my mailers to. Do I just base my price off these listings or is there another way people are pricing these areas? Are people just avoiding these counties due to such limited data? Lastly, has anyone had success with subdivision lots in Florida? where there uh, are infrastructure such as roads in place, but the subdivision is still considered rural in and in the outskirts of a city. I see a lot of these listed on Zillow and several have sold on eBay for 1500 to $2,000. However, at those prices, it seems like the profit margin is thin after you pay for the data, mailers, etc. even if you're buying at $300 a lot. Thank you for any guidance you can provide. So one of our members, Kevin, already piped in, so I'm gonna read Kevin's answer here too. So Kevin Farrell wrote, Jeremy, all good questions. Really good questions. Yeah, I would not worry about population density differences within the county. Neither would I. Send mail to all the properties in the county that meet your criteria. For example, all the 10 acre vacant parcels. Yep. Some mail will go to the more expensive areas, no problem. If someone with more valuable land accepts your offer, then you get a better deal. That's it. Exactly. Price should be derived from the lowest comps in that county. That's, he's right again. Yeah, I wonder where he learned it. <laughs> <laughs> that way, <laughs> you won't have offers that are too high for the lowest value land. You can do the rural subdivision deals if you plan on doing some volume. You could try a few deals, see how they go, and then go back and buy all you can at a low price. And you're all right, the margins are thin. These have to be all cash deals of buying and selling. And this is a perfect discussion today with the title insurance. This is a fantastic question yeah. by this person. I think their name's Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And I've, been, I've said this many times on the show before, I'll say it again. 
you can tell when someone's going to do really well with this. Yeah. So that first mailer, there's a lot of angst, you know, and he's asking a ton of questions. And believe me, you're not going to get it all right at the first mailer. You're just not. What applies, let's say, in Ohio doesn't apply in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. So you got to kind of feel your way through it and, and get through it and get the response. But Kevin's right. The more mail you send out at the bottom of the, for rural vacant land anyway, for the bottom pricing, uh, comparison pricing, that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you'll forget about this, that you ever wrote this question and you'll be just be dealing with the inflow of signed offers and, and, and what happens. So great questions. I say I like his, his strategy too, that you're thinking about areas that you know, you already know who your buyers are. Like, thank you. That's half the battle. If you, and it, you know, like, like Stephen always says, you know, we, we work it backwards. You know, you're already thinking about who's gonna buy it, what are they looking for? I know the area myself, probably better than anybody in this group. Now all I gotta do is back into, what am I pricing my offers at to get the results I want? That's perfect. And lastly, you mentioned eBay. Uh, Jeremy, you mentioned eBay. And eBay's yeah. a good place to buy to uh, sell property. But here's how, in, in my opinion, how it goes in a, um, in a fantastic manner on eBay. Somebody eventually is gonna call you back on this mailer, right. and they're gonna say, you know what, I've got 150 properties in this one area. I bought them like six years ago. I'm not gonna do anything with them. You know, if you wanna take them off my hands for a couple hundred bucks each, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me how you wanna do the deal. So now you're 200 bucks into a property, and you're going to charge a dock prep fee on eBay, which is two or three hundred dollars uh, per unit. And so your cost is so low, and they're so consistent that you'll run them on an auction. And let's say you'll make four or five hundred bucks an auction. That's all you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to eBay's not a place to retire right. financially. eBay's a place for a very certain uh, type of asset. Some, some people in our group. Seek these assets out only. Mm-hmm. That's all they want to buy. It's two mm-hmm. or three hundred dollar property, and resell it on eBay. If you go on eBay and take a look around, you'll see. Well, you'll see us first of all, <laughs> but you will see very consistent sellers and the consistent product types. So mm-hmm. you can make that work. You mm-hmm. know, we sold a lot of property on eBay over the years. Yeah, not so much anymore, but right. Because uh, for the know. right dollar amount, that mm-hmm. was the thing back then. It was mm-hmm. a lot of smaller dollar Nothing amount. Nothing wrong with it. Transactions, yeah. and that's perfect for that. Exactly. And you know, you're going to unload them. They're 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 going to get. Someone's going to buy them. That's the best part with eBay. Exactly. You don't have to sit and, and stare at it. You know at 30 days it's going to close or there will be a buyer. <laughs> but these prior dollar, these higher dollar amount ones, we don't do them on eBay because it's just a whole different uh, community now. Yeah. So Today's topic, you know, before I get into that at all, the whole thing here is to buy cheap property. Right. And you're about to do that. Yep. So just get that thing in the mail and... I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah. Today's topic, what is title insurance? This is the meat of the show. (sighs) I'm going to describe the definition of title insurance, and Jill's going to make this interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Title insurance insures against, it's an insurance policy, against defects or clouds in the chain of title. So all properties, just for sake of argument, please don't send me emails with the exceptions of the statement that I'm about to say. <laughs> all properties were subdivided or broken up by the federal government in the 17 and 1800s for one purpose, so they can ta- so they're going to give the properties away or, or sell it for five dollars an acre, literally, mm-hmm. for one purpose, so they can tax you as the new owner and create a revenue stream forever. Right. So now you have all this subdivided property. All there's movies all about this stuff. Actually, really interesting. I think. 
So now you have all this subdivided property all over the country, and now you have all this money coming in. So you, hey, let's start a country. Why not? Mm-hmm. Let's let's put some county officials in place so they can collect the taxes efficiently and all of that. From the day that that title, uh, that property is, 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 that's what homesteading is. From the day that property is homesteaded, all the way to today, literally today, there's a chain of title. Jeremiah bought it, sold it to his nephew. His nephew uh, passed away and would deed it to his son before he passed away and on and on and on. That whole thing, right up to the, to the conversation you're having with the person who's about to sell it to you, is a chain of title. And if it's, if it's from, if it's very clean, from those people and it's unbroken and there's no clouds on it, there's no defects, then, you know, theoretically you wouldn't need title insurance. But that's what title insurance insures against because you can imagine mm-hmm. how complicated it would be to, to follow mm-hmm. uh, the chain of title all the way back to the homestead. And a cloud and a defect might be um, names don't line up. There might be one missing somewhere in there or, you know, somebody passed on and uh, they didn't just deed it correctly. That's kind of a kind of a cloud, and they have to go back and fix it, solve it, make sure it was done correctly. That's really that's really the point of this too. Right. So they want to make sure. That's why I hire sure, an escrow agent. Right. Totally. You do that because you want to make sure that the person you're buying it from really is the owner, and it was all transferred correctly. Um, and that's too what we talk about this in Land Academy, um, the Cash Flow from Land program. We're so picky that I want to make sure every when I go when I'm transferring a title, if it's misspelled by when it got to me, I'm not going to fix the spelling here. I'm going to make it exactly how it was, so there's no cloud or no um, issue with the title. So here's some helpful tips about title insurance and what you need to know about chain of title. Right. In general, for rural vacant land, the issues that occur in the chain of title are regarding dead people and dead people can't complain so if i buy a property (laughs) if i buy a hundred acre property i don't know my mom is gonna find a way (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i I disagree with that statement (laughs) she's alive she's healthy alive and happy but i don't know <laughs> here's like here's the worst case scenario. You buy a piece of property. <laughs> you buy a piece of property. Uh, I I bu- sell a piece of property to Jill for twenty thousand bucks, right. and she re- she knows something about that property that I don't. This happens to us. Mm-hmm. She knows that somebody that that it's a perfect place to put an airport. This I, this is a true story. This happened to us, and so she wants to get the deal done, and she buys it from us. We deed it. Uh, she buys it from me. I deed it to her. And then she goes and sells it to a company, like an airport company. Mm-hmm. And then, so they hire a title insurance company. They go back through the chain mm-hmm. because they're about to spend big bucks, tens of millions of dollars, if not more, to put in a regional little airport. Right. And they ne- needed to make sure there's no defects in the Actually, title. And so does the lender. It's not so much the people that are doing the it's airport. True. So it's the lender that really demands title insurance. Exactly. That is really what this is all about. Building or lending on the property and you tend to want to have a really like a safety net and that's what title insurance is supposed to provide mm-hmm. and you're just hiring an, you're basically hiring an unrelated third party to to go back and do all the homework and check it all 
That's it. And if they find something, their job is to go fix it. Their job is to go, if there's a little hiccup and something was not deeded correctly, they will go to that person They'll call them. and say, hey, when you did this transaction in 1982 with this person, it was not done correctly. Um, thank goodness you're still alive. I'm going to send you a form. Can you please print it out, have it notarized and sent back to me, and it will take care of it. And that's what they're doing, and they'll make it perfect for you. And there's tons and tons of little examples, uh, many of which Joe and I have experienced since the 90s. So I feel qualified to talk about this topic. Some of them are really important. Some of them are not. You know, do you really need to go back to 1872? Right. Because what, what can happen and does happen is that airport gets built, and somebody from 1971 says, that's my property. Yeah. What are you guys doing building on my property? I, I paid the taxes. I didn't, you know, this isn't right. Some procedural thing. You shouldn't have ended up with this property. And in fact, I'm going to sue you. Right. So that's what title insurance is supposed to smoke out before construction ever starts or transactions ever start or anything that's uh, going to create equity. Right. And these things happen. Mm-hmm. I just uh, read recently that the vast majority of these cases get settled. And it's all because, and Jill's going to love this, they just get settled. They get, here's $10,000, please please stop it. Exactly. The vast majority, if you really look at these title policies and really read them, if you've listened to our show at all, we've talked about this a million times, they insure against very, very little, if that. That's kind of funny. (laughs) I know. That's a whole other show. (laughs) But lenders love them. In fact, they require them. Exactly. Uh, And if you ask a typical lender why they need title insurance, they'll say, what are you talking about? Why do we need title insurance? Why would you ever buy a piece of property without title insurance? But we know better in this group. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons why why you should buy property without insurance, I think. Right. Hey, we know your time's valuable. Thanks for spending uh, some of it with us today. Hey, and join us tomorrow for an episode with member Andy Barnhart, and he shares his Land Academy success stories. And we answer your questions posted on our online community, landinvestors.com. It is free. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Hey, you know what? House Academy is live, by the way. Just saying it, just plugging it. Just It's alive you know. today. Well, it's been live. I'm just kind of sharing it right now. So if you're listening to this show and you're here because you heard about House Academy, just so you know, the Land Academy members have it. But sit tight in mm, days. It's coming. It's coming this month. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So if you want to get in early, by the way, go check out Land Academy and reach out to my team. And they, there's a way you can get at it early. We've been in beta for a while on the site yeah. and made it available to Land Academy members only. Yeah. And it has been They're wildly lying. successful, yep. to say the least. I'm not here to sell anything. I'm really not. Right. But when I produ- when we produce these programs and people respond very well to them yeah. and they start to say things, boy, this is going to change my life again. Exactly. You know, that's why we do this. I know. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We, we are, are Steve and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.